When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Views expressed here are not supported by and do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewers' discretion is advised. Hello, hello everyone. Good evening. Good morning, depending on what part of the world you're in. My name is Stacy, well, Stacy Gray, my government, and I am a business coach. And tonight is my first episode of Stacy Talks Money Podcast. So I'm glad to be here. Um, feels good at my new home. Such a warm welcome. Uh, tonight, I'm just going to give you guys a briefing of who I am what I do, what I'm going to talk about during my podcast, because we got an hour. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get into. Um, like I said, my name is Stacy, and I am a business coach. Um, actually, I'm a lot of different things. I am a business coach. I do taxes. Um, I do bookkeeping. Uh, let me see. I do taxes. I do bookkeeping. I'm a business coach. I also own a cosmet, a vegan cosmetics line. Um, if you can tell by the lip gloss, <laughs> for those who are watching. Um, so I do a lot of different things. I keep very busy, um, you know, and I just have a love for business and I have a love for helping people to excel in their business. Um, basically what I do is, um, just to give you first, let's back up a background. I started out originally as a medical biller. I still do billing, but I originally started out as a medical biller. I've been doing that, I would say this year, which makes about 25 years I've been doing billing, all forms of billing. Um, I started out doing medical billing back in. I've done front-end billing. I've done ambulance billing. I've done... Um, I've done Medicaid applications. I've been a hospital care investigator. I've worked at a law firm doing medical records, billing. So yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot, a lot of when it comes to billing. That's why I'm so good with, well, I'm not 
that good, but I'm pretty good with numbers. You know, I like numbers. I like to figure things out. I like to investigate things. Um, so that's why I started out as a medical biller. Uh, then I would say about uh, 2003, roughly, I got introduced into uh, taxes. Um, you know, I just saw a course and I took the course in the evenings and I said, wow, this is something that I enjoy. This is something that I like. So every year after that, I would just take the course, you know, during tax season. I really never thought about being a tax professional. I just kind of did it. And from that point, I started doing my own taxes. So um, I've been doing my own taxes since about 2001, 2003, sorry. I've been doing my own taxes. Then um, 2007 is when I did the, took the course, as always. I would always take the course every season, and they would always offer employment. And then I took the course that year, and um, the manager was like, you know, do you want to work with us? And I said, I never really thought about it. You know, I, at the time I'm working, I said, I never thought about doing taxes. So... <laughs> I never thought about doing taxes. Um, so, you know, the manager told me after the course, do, do it and we'll employ you. We'll show you what to do. He said, you'll be fine because you do great in the classes. So, and then I started, I did it. Um, I worked um, evenings doing taxes that season um, for the next year, 2008. So I did that season. Um, it was kind of crazy. But um, I got the gist of things and um, I, I picked up very quickly. And um, that year I did taxes. I, I only did like maybe two returns, to be honest. I only did two returns and like one, there was an issue. So I, I just kind of felt like I did it, but I really didn't get that experience I was looking for, you know, doing taxes. So at the next year, 2009, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the course. I don't think I'm going to work because I really felt like I didn't get into it. You know, I didn't get into doing the taxes. So then 2009, 2010, then I went back 2011. I started working for a different company. I took their course and I started doing taxes for them. And I've been with them a couple of years. And then uh, 26, then 2017, I moved to a different company doing taxes. Um, and that's where I've been ever since. So um, I know that's a long one, but yeah, I have a lot of experience when it comes to business taxes. And also when I was doing taxes, that's when I start my intrigue for business and to see that when you're a business owner, there's so many things you can claim on your taxes that I, I had no clue about. I, I've only done about, at that at that point, I did about maybe four business tax returns. And then I said, wow, when you're a business owner, you get to deduct so many things, like your meals, your internet, your cell phone, your, um, you know, that's when I found out that you can even rent a room like if you have a home office, you can rent it out to either your business or another business two weeks out of the year. And you could claim that money 
you know, so I was just so intrigued and I was like, wait a minute, you can claim all of these things just by having a bit, you know, by having a business. There's so many tax advantages. Also, when you're, when you're working and you have a business, you get so many additional credits. That's why a lot of people, they still kind of hold on to their nine to five, even though they have a business. I know it can be a little difficult, but for me, it's always best if you can hold on to your nine to five and do your business. Tax-wise, it's beneficial because remember that business now is a added to your income. So of course, you'll bring it a little bit higher. So fast forward, I'm doing that. Um, I would say four years ago, I got introduced to QuickBooks bookkeeping. I'm like, oh, this is even a different side to business. This is a different side to everything. So I'm also QuickBooks certified. So I do bookkeeping. So I do. I'm a business coach. I've been doing that about five years now. I'm a business coach. I'm a tax professional. I can do personal and I can do business taxes. And I can also help you with your bookkeeping. So that's it. I have all of this experience. Um, I always say when it comes to business, I like to help people build their business credit. And that's something that I'm passionate about because a lot of people have a misconception about business credit. A lot of people think their business credit and their personal credit is the same and it's different entity. Your business credit is your business credit. It's it's a, a separate from your personal. You know, you build your business credit different than how you build your personal credit. And also, you know, when it comes to your business, you also have to be good at budgeting because I always tell clients, you know, think about it like this. If you have a nine to five and you're struggling with your bills and now you have an extra expense, that's how you have to look at things because a business is extra now. Let's say you're paying, you have a storefront. Let's say you're already paying your rent. Now, when you have a storefront, that's, that's like your rent twice. And I always tell people, can you afford to pay your rent twice? That's how you have to look at it. And you wouldn't want to run into any financial issues or problems like what I'm seeing a lot of people are getting into nowadays when they try to start businesses and they're not ready. Like I tell people, you should at least save for at least six months. If you can, three to six months to a year's worth of money for your business. Like you have to already know how you, you should know how you're going to get your inventory. You should know how you're going to pay that rent for your business. If you're going to have a storefront, you should know if you're making candles, you should know, okay, how am I going to cover inventory month to month? Or you should know if I get a big order, how am I going to pay for that? You know, you have to know when you're running your business, how things are going to work, how things are going to run. And I know sometimes it's kind of difficult and it's not easy because a lot of people are like, I'm not good with budgeting. I'm not good with money, you know, but they want this business. They, they crave for this business. Yes, you can want the business, but you have to, you have to be diligent. You have to save, you have to get on a schedule. You have to know where every penny 
is spent where every penny goes. You have, like I tell people, you have to know what comes in and goes out. A lot of times when I meet with clients and I say to them, okay, you want to start a business? And I say to them, okay, what's your income from your nine to five? They say, I have no clue. I said, you have no idea what you make? They said, no, I just get paid. I spend and then that's it. I said, no, you have to know how much comes in. You have to know how much comes in and how much is going out in your in your personal and in your business life. You have to know down to the penny. Yes, yes, I do business taxes, yes. I'm just reading some questions here in the uh, comment section. So just bear with me, guys. It's my first night. Now, this question in the comment section, and I do appreciate everyone who's putting a question in there. Just give me some time. Let me get to it. This question says, does a business need to make a certain amount to claim tax credit, like gas, lunch, business computer, flights, et cetera? No, there's no amount, certain amount that you need to make. Whatever comes in, whatever you spend for your business, you can claim it. You can claim anything that's related to your business. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, definitely gas. If you have a business and you use your vehicle, you should be claiming your gas. You should be claiming your meals. I tell people all the time, you have to claim your meals for your business. It doesn't matter if it's a coffee for a dollar or whatever, you have to claim your meals for your business. What I try to tell people, anything that's for your business, it should come out of a business bank account. You can't have a personal bank account and use it for your business. That's called commingling, and it's a no-no. When you have your business, that's why when you set up your business, and I'm going to go through this in, in for future shows, I'm going to give you guys every detail on how to properly set up your business and how to properly set up your business um, bank account and business funding. Now, when you have a business bank account, you should have your business debit card, or if you're still writing checks, you should have checks for your for that account. And anything related to your business should only come from that account. And also when you have a business, you should have at minimum four accounts. For your business, you need to have at least four. Like I know, I know everybody's like four accounts. You need to have one for income. Let's say a second one could be for your taxes. Because remember, you have to pay your taxes for your business. You're going to have a third. It's going to be payroll if you have employees. And then a fourth one, you could say it's for inventory or miscellaneous. But at minimum, I know a lot of people are like, look, I can't keep up with four bank accounts. I get it. But you should have at least two to start out. You should have four different bank accounts, meaning four different checking accounts. Meaning you're, you're going to, let's say you have an online bank and you have a bank where you can go into the branch. I would suggest that if you're going to have four bank accounts, they should be at the same bank, 
But if not, you could say maybe two, you could have two accounts at an online branch or and two accounts at a bank where you can go into the branch and handle your business in, in the branch. But um, you can have all four in one bank in, at one branch, or you could have it multiple banks. It's up to you. But it, to me, it makes it easier if you're dealing with one bank, you're going to have all four accounts at that one um, bank. And when I say four accounts, meaning four different checking accounts, you're going to have one checking account is for income. One checking account is for, let's say, payroll, if you have employees or even to pay yourself. One account should be for taxes and one account should be for miscellaneous or inventory. Yes, definitely. There's a question in the comment section. I'm just looking at it. Yes, definitely. You should have payroll, insurance, inventory, taxes, correct. And most people do when it, uh, their account for taxes and insurance, you could kind of put them together because it's kind of on the same, same, same line, you know, insurance and taxes, definitely. And that's another thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you for the, the comment. When you have a business, you should have insurance. I tell everyone you need to have insurance for your business. You need to have liability insurance. It doesn't matter if you're selling shoelaces, especially if you're doing something, if you're, even if you're cooking out of your home, but that's where you, that's your business. You need to have business insurance. Let's say you're cooking and you sell somebody something and they're allergic to it. They can sue you. They can sue you. Say you're a baker. You bake a cookie, you know, you bake cookies, you go to an event, you sell cookies. Even if it's on the package, you could say this contains, let's say some people are allergic to peanuts and that person buys it or there's no labeling and they eat the cookie. You're liable because they ate your cookie and they got sick. So you should have insurance. I tell everyone, it doesn't matter what business you have, please, please, please get insurance. If you if you have a, a business where you're doing, let's say, any kind of administrative uh, work for people, you're a virtual assistant. Um, even if you're doing taxes, you're doing bookkeeping for someone, you need to have errors and omission insurance. And if you're doing anything else, you can just get a general liability plan for your business. Okay. You need insurance. I'm begging people, please. And especially if you have a storefront, also, you need to get business insurance. I've met so many clients who have storefronts and they have no insurance. If your store gets a fire or a flood, you need to have insurance. It's necessary. I'm begging people, please get insurance. Please, please, please. Even if you're just making drinks, you know, and you go to functions and you sell, you need to have insurance. It's it's definitely, um, even if you go to, let's say, like pop-up events or markets or, you know, let's say you go there and um, let's say you go to the market and God forbid, there's a robbery, your inventory is stolen. You should have insurance to cover that, business insurance to cover that. It's not the person keeping the events, you know. 
obligation to have insurance, but you as a vendor, you as a person selling at an event, you should have insurance in case anything happens. Let's say you're at the event and there's a flood. God forbid it's a fire and all your inventory is gone or it's stolen. Some people have events where let's say they, it's a two or three day event and your stuff is there, let's say overnight. You know, they could tell you, yes, it's locked up. It's in a safe. It's in the basement. It's, let's say somebody steals all your inventory. Who's going to recover that? It's not the person holding the event because they're going to tell you, you know, you put it there at your own risk. We're not liable and they're not. That's why you have to have insurance for your stuff, for your business. You should have business insurance. I'm, I'm begging. I'm pleading with a lot of people. Get business insurance. A lot of people, they say, oh, um, it's an extra bill. It's... But in the long run, you need some kind of insurance in case anything happens. You go to an event, something happens, you're covered. You know, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you should have um, business insurance. Um, also, another thing, when you have certain businesses it's always best to have all of your certifications up to date, especially if you're handling any kind of food or drinks. I know that uh, sometimes if you go to events, they're not going to ask you for your food handler certificate, but you should have it and you should always have it with you just in case because you never know what can happen. Always have your certific certifications with you or have it available, have it where you, you know, if something comes up. It's always best to do the right thing when it comes to your business. Always do the right thing if you can. Um, so basically, um, with tonight's show, I just wanted to get into the basics of starting your business. Because I know a lot of people, they get a lot, a lot of wrong information or they get information that's incorrect. And what I try to do is I just try to tell people the right way to set up and form your business. Now, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to get your, you're going to pick which business formation you want for your business. When I say formation, if you want an LLC, that's a limited liability corporation. Some people may want an S corp. Some people may want a C-Corp. Some people want a partnership. You just have to pick what business formation is best for you. Um, how I advise people, what I've done personally with my businesses, you get I get an LLC. And then once the business generates money, it's moving, it's going, I would say anywhere from three to six months, you can change from your LLC to an S-Corp. And that means you would get the best tax advantage for your business when you have an S-Corp. But you should wait until that LLC builds up equity in the business. If you have your business sitting there for six months and then you say, oh, let me change it to an S-Corp. No, that, that's definitely not going to work. You have to build up some equity. You have to make sure the business is up and running. Things are going good. Then you can say, all right, let me change it over to S-Corp. And with an S-Corp, you can write off your whole life. With an S-Corp, you write off any and everything that you do regarding your business. 
There's so many things you can write off with an S Corp. You, I'll get into more details um, in later shows, but definitely with an S Corp, it's the best tax advantage for people um, business-wise. Um, like I said, you, you pick your business formation, you get that set up. Sorry, give me one moment, one moment. Okay, explain the S-Corp. Okay, I'm going to explain an S-Corp. That's a question here. Let me explain the S-Corp. And also, there's another question. People are getting S-Corps because <laughs> Jay-Z said it. Please explain what the difference between an S-Corp and an LLC. <laughs> Thank you for the comment. And I definitely will explain the difference. Just give me one moment. Let me pull up my information here. Now... All right, so the LLC is a limited liability company. That's what it stands for, the LLC. And that's where most people run to when they start to formate their business, they run to an LLC because that's the easiest. That's what most people know. That's where they start out. Now, LLCs, are basically a corporate structure in the US where business owners are not personally liable for the company's debt or liabilities. It's like a shelter. That's why when you have an LLC, you should put in the operating agreements, you should put everything that you would like covered under your LLC. And when I say your operating agreements, meaning you can Put down that you want your computer covered under the LLC. You want your desk covered under the LLC. You want your cat covered under the LLC. You want your kid covered. You want your grandma covered. Anything you want covered under that LLC, your car, you put it under the operating agreements and you put that, look, I want this covered under my LLC. So if I get sued, they cannot come for this. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be your glasses. You want it covered under your LLC. So basically, it's where the debt is and liabilities. If your company is sued and obtains a money judgment, the plaintiff cannot go after your personal bank account or assets. That's why I say when you have a business, you have to have everything under the business because they can't go after your stuff personally. Now, if you mix the two, you're going to have problems. So when you have a business, everything is separate. It's a shelter for you. Now, when you have an S-Corp, Now, when you have an S-Corp, an S-Corp is a corporation that passes income, deductions, credits, and losses through shareholders for the business of federal taxes. That's why when people are a part of an S-Corp, I know I may lose a few, but just stick with me here. When you have an S-Corp, you're going to get what's called a K-1 or a K-2. And you're going to get that once you're a shareholder within the business. Like some people have a business and they have investors. Anyone who invests in that business will get what's called a K-1 or a K-2 when it comes to tax time. 
Uh, right, so when you have the S-Corp, you're gonna get what's called a K-1, and then you also have to fill out what's called a form 1120S. You have to fill that out, and that's usually done in March. People who have S-Corps will know that's done in March. And that's given to each shareholder. Okay, you're going to get what's called an 1120S and also a K-1. Or some people, if, they have, if they're investing in a foreign entity or a foreign business, they get what's called a K-3. You're going to get a K-3 if you invest in a foreign business. So anyone who has businesses overseas or they invest in things overseas, you're going to get that K-3. Okay, so that's basically the difference between an LLC and an S-Corp. Um, you know, most billionaires, people who have, they really just go straight to a trust. You can also have a trust as your business formation, but what you do when you have a trust, you would have the trust run your businesses. So what you would do is you would set up a trust and I'm going to tell you what a trust means. What you're going to do is you're going to set up a trust and then you're going to have it run your LLCs. So then that's one big, huge umbrella because you're going to have the trust. Like I have, would have a trust and it would say Stacy's trust. And then it's going to run. It's going to be in charge of my cosmetics business, which is the Jill collection, Stacy billing company, Stacy Bookkeeping Company and Stacy's Taxes and Miss Stacy's Business Coaching. So I would have that trust run all of these businesses. And then that's a added coverage for my businesses because everything will be run by the trust. And under the trust, I would say, okay, under this trust, you have these businesses. This is how I want everything run and no one can touch it at all. Once you have the trust running your businesses. It's also like you can have a trust for your personal stuff, but it's even more beneficial when you have a trust running your businesses. That's how most millionaires keep their money. They have it in a trust. And I'm gonna get you the definition of a trust. So a trust fund, that's a whole nother show. I definitely am going to have to dedicate a whole show to actually, you know, telling people how to start the trust fund, how to run it uh, tax wise. Is it beneficial for you? Um, you know, most average people do not have a trust, but I think it's beneficial to have one if you can. Now, the trust fund basically is for people use it mostly for estate planning. But it's also for it also helps to get an even greater tax deduction. It protects your assets. It shields your assets and creditors from coming after your businesses or anything you have under the trust. That's why a lot of times when you hear people say they have a 
trust fund, that's what it is. It means that this person left either a business or this person left money or this person left real estate to them. And within the trust, let's say the person is a kid, they might say when this person turns 18 or 21, it can then transfer over the trust fund to them. That's why when some people have a trust fund and it's time they can, it's transferred over to them, you have to pay, if it's money, if it's just money in the trust fund, stocks, bonds, investments, you have to pay taxes on that money. So just be aware of that also. I'm just looking at a question here in the comments. Thank you for the questions. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, this question is the person has their LLC and they want to buy a car. Definitely. If you have an LLC and you want to buy a car, you should. What you're going to do is you're going to go to, once you have your LLC set up properly, you're going to go to any dealership and you're going to tell them that you want a commercial credit department and they should be able to help you set up to put the car in your business name. Now, there are certain cars that you can't put, but for the most part, most cars you can put in your business name. A lot of times people get the G-Wagons. Uh, it has to be over a certain amount of pounds. I'm not a car person, so <laughs> it has to be a certain amount of pounds and four doors certain stuff like that. But you can definitely put your car in your business name. I advise people to do that all the time. And you get a greater benefit tax-wise when you put your car in your business name because you can also write off the payments. You can write off the finance or the um, payments on your car. I'm sorry, lease. You can write off the lease payments on your car because it is a, a, it's a business expense. If you have a car, because they're going to ask you when you're doing your taxes, you know, how often do you use this vehicle? Are you only using it for the business? They're going to say, how much percentage of the time are you using the vehicle? You're going to say, everyone's going to say 100%. Okay, so this is an expense now, and it also depreciates. So you, you can claim that credit also for your vehicle. Sorry, a little technical issue. So I hope that answers the question for the having a car in your business name. And I always tell people, if you can put your car in your business name, uh, you can also put your house in your business name. You can put anything in your business name. I, I advise people all the time when you have a business, you should put any and everything in that business name. Um, if you have cable at home, you should have it in your business name. Your utilities in your home should be in your business name. Everything should be under your business name because they can't, you know. And certain things you get better rates when it's under a business. If you have Uber, you should have a, a, a business account. I have Uber, I have Lyft. They're both business accounts. I get to write off everything that I use on Uber and Lyft. They're both business accounts. My cable that I have, 
My cable at home is in my business name. My utilities are in my business name. Everything is in my business name. So I'm getting that credit. I'm also building my business credit by having things in your business name. So it's always beneficial. Any and everything you can put in your business name, you should. Uh, definitely, if you have a vehicle, I always advise people transfer that title over and put it in your business name because then you can write off 100% of your vehicle use. You can write off your um, gas. You know, you're going to get a gas card. You should have a get. And if you have a vehicle, you should have a gas card in your business name. You should have it. Um, it only makes sense, you know. And also with a gas card that builds your business credit the fastest, getting a gas card. All righty. So I just wanted to jump back into setting up the business. You get the business formation, you get your EIN or tax ID for your business. You can, you go to irs.gov, you get your EIN number. Then you get a business bank account. You get a business bank account. All righty. So we're going to jump into a short little break. Okay, guys. Thank you for bearing with me on my first night. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, Chrissy, here to let you know that the Evening Rush Network now has an app. Yes, an app, you guys, so you can stay connected on the go and watch all your favorite podcast shows. You can download the app at Google Play Store or Apple iTunes. So spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, if you're looking to start a podcast and really don't know how, well, hit us up at the Evening Rush Network at gmail.com and inquire about time slots, pricings, and everything you may need to get started. We got you. Join the winning team, the Evening Rush Network. And also, download that app. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Get to it. All right, all right. That was a little break. Now we're back. We're back. We're back. All right. So I'm going to get back into form for your business formation. You're going to get a business bank account. Like I said, you should get at least uh, four accounts. Um, I would say if you can get it all at one bank is beneficial, but if not, I would say two at a bank where you can go into a branch and maybe two with an online um, with an online bank. And um, make sure when you set up the business bank account, you always ask them, is there any kind of invoicing system that they have? A lot of banks would offer that for you for free, like an invoicing system where it's a little less work for you uh, within your bank account. Not all banks offer it, but some banks do. Like some banks offer you uh, QuickBooks or some banks offer a different kind of accounting or invoicing system where you can actually merge it with your QuickBooks to do your bookkeeping for your business. Um, also, if you can get some kind of reader machine to accept payments, it doesn't matter what business you have. You should have a reader machine. I know people like even Zelle, but you know, I'm going to be very, very honest. Um, the IRS does not recognize Cash App at all. Even Zelle, you should have a proper payment processing system for your business. 
And when I say a payment processing system, you should have, let's say, QuickBooks. Um, you can even use Square, but you should really use like QuickBooks, Freshdesk. Um, there's a lot of other different companies. Those are the only two I could come up because I do QuickBooks, so I know. But QuickBooks, Freshdesk, there's so many other um, bookkeeping softwares that people can use to keep track because you need it. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't just have an Excel sheet and submit that for your taxes. That No, that's not going to work. Unless you have an accountant. But I know a lot of accountants, they like an Excel sheet and you just submit that to them. But if you're sitting down with someone to do your taxes, they're going to ask, you know, I need proper bookkeeping or accounting in order to do your taxes for you. So always keep that in mind that you need some kind of um, bookkeeping system. You also should have, um, if you're not able to do your bookkeeping yourself, I would suggest that you hire someone. I know a lot of clients, they're like, you know, I'm barely making anything in the business and then I have to pay somebody to kind of manage things when, you know, there's really not much coming in, but you still need someone. If you're not able to do the bookkeeping yourself, you should at least hire someone to do it for you. It may not have to be a CPA, um, but you should have someone doing your bookkeeping, especially in the beginning when things are new and things are all over the place, you know, you should have, um, you should have that in place, um, some kind of bookkeeping. Um, or, um, like I said, have someone do it for you. A lot of tax businesses now are offering, also offering bookkeeping services. So you could also look into that. Even if you pay for it for one month and you could kind of follow along and see, you know, what was done. That's also beneficial. Um, also, uh, when you're starting your business, you should have either a virtual address if you do not have a physical address. And when I say a virtual address means that there are a lot of companies that have virtual addresses. It just looks better when you're applying for loans, when you're applying for um, grants, different things. You know, banks look at these things and you can be denied for a loan because of that. You should have a, either a virtual address or if you have a storefront or a location, that should be your address for your business because when they, they and they verify your address because I talk to people at banks, I talk to people all over. Anytime I'm calling about something, I always ask them and um, they check and they check to see if your home address is also your business address. So you all, you always wanna make sure you have a virtual address and you can't change it. Yes. Once you start, a lot of people, once they start their LLC, they um, have to go back in and there is a form where you can change your address. You can change everything, anything you need to change on your business. You can, there's forms that I'll actually get a list together. There are forms for everything that you need to change um, on your business. A lot of people, they start with their home. I did it in the beginning. You start with your home address because you don't know, you know, you just figure, you know, I'm working from home or I have, I have no physical location, but you definitely should have a virtual address or um, if you have a storefront, you know, that's the address that you're going to use because they do verify, banks verify. Uh, when you start to set up vendor accounts, they do set up, they do check the address to make sure it's legit. Um, also, you want to make sure 
Now, when it comes to um, your LLC, I'm just reading a question from the comments. Um, do you have to pay every year? The question is, do you have to pay every year for your LLC? Now, when it comes to the LLC, it's a little tricky sometimes because if you have what's called a registered agent, depending on who you choose, a lot of people, when they set up their LLC, they pick a registered agent. And most times the registered agent is the company that you set up your LLC with and different companies do charge a fee. Unless you make yourself or some people have a CPA, you can make that your registered agent for your business. Um, it all depends. And the fees do vary from state to state. But, you know, we are dealing with New York. Um, it does vary. It all depends on if you have a registered agent or not. Um, with your LLC, the, the one thing I would say, you should always pay your taxes. Your quarter, either your quarterly or your monthly, you should always pay your taxes. And when you have a registered agent, what that means is in, that's an individual designated to service, sorry, designated to receive service of process when a business entity is a party in a legal action, such as a lawsuit or a summons. So basically that means if somebody's trying to come after your LLC, whoever you designate as a registered agent, it could be your lawyer, it could be the company that um, started, you know, you started your LLC with. This is who is gonna get any kind of, um, this individual will get all of the documents that are pertaining to that lawsuit if somebody is trying to sue you. Basically, that's just what it means. Like this is, you're telling the state, this is the person who, if anything goes wrong, this is where I want all of this information to go to this one place. So if anything goes wrong, my registered agent will let me know what's happening. And most people leave their registered agent as their, um, you know, the company they set up their LLC with. Um, you know, there's different companies you can set up the LLC with. Uh, some people just go straight to the secretary of state. You can go to the website. Um, and do it straight with the Secretary of State for your LLC. Or you can go through a company. There's a lot of different companies, but of course they're going to charge you an extra fee to do it for you. But most people, you can just go to the Secretary of State and do your um, LLC yourself. Um, also, another thing, you should never pay for an EIN. That's an employee identification number. I know some people tell me they've been charged you should never be charged for an EIN number. You can go to the irs.gov and you get that number for free. You should never, ever, ever pay for an EIN number. There's no fee associated with an EIN number. And if somebody's trying to charge you to get you an EIN number, no, not at all. There's no fee for that. EIN numbers are free. That's the only thing you get it from the IRS is the EIN number that is definitely free. Um, also, um, there's a lot of people, uh, they have what's called an ITIN number. It's not a social and an ITIN number just means that they're, that's a number that they can use for like banking purposes. If you're not like a citizen of the United States, they issue you an ITIN number. Sometimes people are they come from another country, they're going to school or they're working. They're not working here. They're here on what's called like a visa or they're visiting and they get issued an ITIN number. 
you can also have an have a business with an ITIN number. So if you're not a, a, a citizen of the United States, you have no green card yet, you're not you know, in any process, but you have an ITIN number, you can have your business because remember the business is generated not off personal. Everything is based off of the business. So when you do have an ITIN number, it's just a little longer process to get an EIN number because the IRS now would have to verify you through that ITIN number. And if you do have an ITIN number, I do suggest that you file taxes because you can also file taxes with the ITIN number. But that shouldn't stop you from also having your business because everything for your business is generated off of once you get verified off of that tax ID for the business. So even if you're not a citizen yet, you're in between, you're still in the process, you can still form um, your LLC, your business, and have a profitable profitable business with an ITIN number. Um, I've actually helped a couple of people with that process and it's going, it's going pretty good. Even if you're not in the US, you can still have a business. It's just a, you would have to definitely have a virtual address for that. And it's pretty much the same process. You get to do the formation, you have the virtual address, you know, it's the same thing uh, when it comes to your business. And also I wanted to talk about briefly business credit, because I know a lot of people think business credit and your personal credit it's the same thing. It's not business credit is a whole nother entity. When you have your, when you start your business credit, you get a nine digit number. Let me back up here. When you get your, when you file your LLC or your S corp, whatever business formation, then when you get your business bank account, you're going to apply for what's called a DUNS number or some people, it's called DUNS, D-U-N-S, DUNS number. And it stands for DUN and Bradstreet. And they're the company that holds um, records of your business activities, basically. So it's called, you're going to apply for what's called a DUNS number. And it's totally free. Once you apply for, and you're issued that DUNS number, that's the number that you're going to give. Um, banks may ask for it. Uh, definitely certain um, vendors are going to ask for it when you start building that business credit, either net 30, net 60, net 90 day vendors, they're going to ask you for that DUNS number. And basically with the DUNS number, I try to explain to people that's like the social for your business. So when you have that DUNS number, and you should always have a DUNS number with your business, you're going to get what's called a paydex score. And the paydex score is basically when you start building those net 30, first you're going to start with the net 30 accounts, vendor accounts, or they're called tier ones. Once you start building that up, you're going to get what's called a paydex score. And to be considered not a credit risk for your business, your paydex score should be anywhere from at least 50 to 80 within that range when they start the scoring. And with the paydex score, it's like it goes A, B, C, D, E, up to F it goes. So they grade you based on how many vendor accounts you have. You should typically start out um, with at least five vendor accounts or trade lines to start building your business credit. You should, should start out with five to 10, I would say, because there's hundreds of vendor accounts or trade lines that you can get uh, to build your business credit. 
There's, um, I could just name it, Staples has a business program. And what happens is when you sign up for the business program through Staples, they set you up with what's called a net 20. It's no longer net 30. It used to be net 30. And net 30 means you can pay it back in 30 days. But now Staples, they only do it 20 days. So it means when you set up a business account with Staples, they give you 20 days to pay it back. And once you pay it back in 20 days, they report to Dun & Bradstreet. And they're going to report the positive repayment history. There are some that do not report to Dun & Bradstreet. There are some that only report to also Experian has a separate business side. It's called Experian Business. That's only for your business. Um, it's the credit report for your business. That's where you can find it. You would have to go to Experian Business. Uh, Staples has a program, uh, Home Depot. You know, I'm just naming a few. Home Depot has a program. Um, Staples, Home Depot, even Ikea has a business um, program where you can buy furniture in your business name for your home, you know, and you pay it back and you build your business credit. A lot of people didn't even know Ikea has a business program that's set up directly for your business where you can purchase things for your business and pay it back and build your business credit. Amazon also has a great um, a net 55 program meaning that you get um, 55 days to pay it back. It's called a net 55. And they give you, you know, everybody shops on Amazon and everyone should have a, a business account on Amazon, especially if you're buying products, you know, anything for your business, you can buy through Amazon. Um, there's also, there's so many. There's a company called Quill. Uh, there's Uline. There's... So many. New Egg, um, that's a computer. Dell has a business program. Apple has a great business program. You know, but with Apple, you have to be in business for at least uh, two years and you have to make a certain amount with Apple. They're kind of tricky, but Apple also has a great uh, business program if you can qualify for it because they kind of, you have to make up there with Apple. But you can definitely, if you can qualify, get an Apple. Apple Business Program, Dell. Um, there's a lot of, there's so many companies that have business programs. People will be surprised. Sometimes you could just call them up and ask them if they do have a business program. And, um, you know, but I'll definitely work on some lists and I have things. If anyone wants information, you're going to reach out to me and let me know what kind of information you need. But I'm definitely going to try to go over as much as I can, give you guys all the information that I have, then pass it down to everyone. I just want to, um, you know, basically what I want to accomplish with this podcast is I want to give people the correct information on how to start, maintain, and grow their business. Because I realize there's a lot of false information that people are given. There's a lot of wrong information that people are given. And a lot of times people are promised things and and they spend a lot of money. You know, I know there's people who charge people for grants. Grants, no. Some, there are a few grants where you do have to pay a, a small fee, but most grants are free to apply for. You know, I was working with a young lady and she told me that someone charged her $1,500 to apply for a grant. And I said, no, that's not how it goes. 
you know. So basically, I just want to give people <clears throat> information for the business, for budgeting, for personal, for bookkeeping. I just want to give people the right information. I also want to give this opportunity to business owners if they want to come on the program to talk about their business, talk about anything that any hurdles, because, you know, these experiences can definitely it can help other business owners in the future. So this is basically the the purpose of my podcast. I just want to educate people the right way, um, especially when it comes to business because and things change every day, literally. Even if you're starting a, a business in this year, 2024, it's so different. Now I'm going to talk about that in the next show, um, how it has changed for LLCs. So basically that's, you know, that's going to be the purpose of this show. And to definitely, I'm going to try to have a lot of different guests in different industries to, you know, just talk about their hurdles, things they've overcome, their ups, their downs, because I think it definitely helps people and it helps to motivate people also. So I do appreciate all of the comments, all of the questions. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. I think I covered everything. Definitely the insurance. Definitely, definitely get in business insurance. I can't stress that enough. Get business insurance. So the next show, I'm going to definitely talk about um, the new changes with LLCs. And I'm going to cover um, bank accounts, the difference between an internet, uh, brick and mortar where you can go into, and also credit unions and talk about how credit unions are very beneficial for business owners also, if you can get in with a credit union. That's also great. Uh, credit unions give you a lot of money and the requirements are a lot, a lot less for businesses. So if you can definitely get in with a credit union, that would be um, best for you. You know, instead of trying to go to the bigger commercial banks where they want two to three years of tax returns. And, you know, most business owners now starting out, they don't have those things. You know, you don't. Um, also, um, if you have a business and you are a minority, you should be minority certified. And when you're minority certified, that means that you can get government contracts. That's another thing I advise people to do, become minority certified. That's a whole different world. Also, there's a lot of opportunities once you are minority certified, let's say you're minority certified and you have an event space and let's say the government or a private entity is looking for somewhere to rent, you're, you're going to be on a special list and they could pick your facility and they could, you know, rent it through that. So being minority certified is also an added benefit and it's good, but with the minority certified you have to have your business tax returns. You, your business has to be set up properly. You have to show them proper bookkeeping. That's the only thing with a minority being minority certified. And I've gone to a lot of different events and they're like, people are not qualifying. People are applying, but people are just not qualifying because people are always missing. A, there's something missing from the application. Either they have no bookkeeping, either they have no, their business is not formatted properly. They have no business tax. Like the gentleman told me literally they're out here 
trying to get people qualified for the minority certification because people are definitely applying, but they're just not qualifying. And that's what I was trying to tell them that people sometimes they're not aware of the things that they need. You know, they might have four out of the five and then that one thing you're missing, they're not going to approve you. You have to have everything that they're looking for. So definitely I'm going to talk about that also, um, how to be minority certified and how to properly do it. Um, Because it's very, very beneficial. If you're a minority, you should be minority certified. And also if you're a veteran, there's a lot of money out there also for you. There's a lot of money for veterans. There's a lot of licenses you can get for free for your business if you're a veteran. So definitely use that um, to your advantage. But I'm going to definitely talk about that in future shows. Um, I'm going to talk about those things. So if anybody wants to reach me, uh, you could definitely reach me. Uh, you can email me, stacytalksmoney at gmail.com. You can reach me at uh, stacytalksmoney at gmail.com. Instagram, Stacy Talks Money Podcast. Uh, phone number 914-719-7028. Only for business. <laughs> and I do appreciate and I thank everyone for listening to me ramble on here. I'm going to get it together for the second show. Believe me, I'm going to get I'm going to have it together. I appreciate you guys sticking it out with me for the first show. And my name is Stacy and this is Stacy Talks Money Podcast. And I do appreciate everyone tuning in.